Well, I am super excited to be with you today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Steve Newman. For those of you who do know me, my name is still Steve Newman. So, yeah. And I've been that since I was born. So, uh, as Glenn said, I've been here for 25 years. I'm going to share some of the things that have happened during that 25 years. I'm excited because so many things have happened that I never could have anticipated uh, that God has done. You know, the church has changed a lot since uh, we came here uh, 25 years ago. Church was smaller, more conservative. Uh, we had, it was pretty much all white, just maybe two Hispanic families. Now we're multi-ethnic, much more than we were then. Um, most of the people had come from the uh, German families who had immigrated and started the church in 1905 as a German-speaking church. And they expected the pastor as those days to wear a coat and tie to preach. And society has changed over the years. So after a few years, uh, I figured I'd, I didn't need to wear a tie uh, uh, coat anymore because society had gotten, you know, more loose and loose. And then it kept getting a little bit more relaxed. And so uh, I took off the tie after a few years and just wore a, a shirt. But then, you know, things continue to change. And uh, I figured I didn't need to wear a, yeah, close your eyes. I, I figured I didn't need to wear a, uh, a dress shirt anymore, so I switched to a Hawaiian shirt. Now, I never could get Pastor Glenn to do that. He thought that was very hokey, and he, he wouldn't wear a Hawaiian shirt. Um, but after a few years, that was passe, so uh, I got more relaxed and, yeah. It's kind of hot with all that on. <laughs> I got more relaxed and uh, just wear a polo shirt now. Now, if, I'm, if I was as hip as Glenn and Steve, I'd be untucked, but I really think I'm just a little bit more handsome <laughs> with it tucked in, so we're just going to do that. So, 25 years ago, this is cooler. 25 years ago, we didn't have a worship band. We had, uh, we had a song leader and an organ and a piano, and uh, things have changed a lot. Here's my scripture for the day. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory uh, in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, we often have ideas of what we think God might do or can do. But God can often do things far beyond our expectations. And I want to tell you, in the last 25 years, we have seen things far beyond our expectations. So here's what I want you to get out of the, the message today. Number one, I want you to rejoice with me over what has happened and then anticipate even more of that happening in the future. Secondly, I'd like you to be encouraged in your life because God can do amazing things in your life beyond what you can think or imagine. Some of the things I'm going to talk about started very slow. A few of them started very halting steps. They didn't look like much was going to happen before they blossomed. And that might be the same in your life. So keep trusting, keep expecting. The things that have happened in the last 25 years would not have happened without a committed and generous congregation 
and a talented staff and a, a unified church board to work together with. And I'm so thankful for that, those things. After working in churches in Palo Alto and Boise, I spent six years serving on the faculty of Singapore Bible College, uh, training uh, future pastors. Then nine years in LA County at a church as a senior pastor before I was called here. Now, when we received this information about the church, Holly and I had never heard of Lodi. We didn't really know the song yet. And we didn't know the North American Baptist Conference, never heard of it. And that's the denomination that we're part of. But I tell you, we're delighted with both. Um, even those early years, things started to happen. I got a letter from Quail Lakes Baptist Church, our sister church in Stockton, saying, we're going to start a lay counseling ministry. We'll provide the training. Do you have some people you want to send and uh, join the training? Well, we're the only church that responded. But I looked at that and I said, yes, that's great because we want to equip our people for ministry. This is an opportunity. And for more than 20 years, our lay ministers have have, uh, served. Quail Lakes thankfully still provides the counseling. And hundreds of people have been encouraged by by this ministry. Before I came here, uh, the church wanted to have a ministry to Hispanic people here, particularly Spanish-speaking people, because there were a lot in Lodi. But nothing really materialized until one day one of our deacons, Denny Callahan, came to me and said, I work in the city with this guy, Carlos Tobar. He's bilingual. He really wants to run a Spanish ministry. Uh, Can you meet with him? So I met with Carlos. I found him to be delightful. And uh, as we talked, he was going to take my sermon manuscripts and, tra- and translate those and, and preach. So I thought, okay, the, we, we won't have some, he won't be stranger than what I'm saying. Uh, but I should do due diligence and call his pastor. So I called him three different times. He never returned the phone call. So I finally said, well, look, we're not paying Carlos. It's a volunteer. We've got nothing going. I mean, what's there to lose? So let's start. Then I got a phone call from the pastor who said, oh, I wouldn't work with Carlos. He's not responsible. He's always late for everything. I thought, always late. How about you and the phone call? (laughs) But it was too late. And I found, I don't know who he he was talking about because Carlos was one of the most dedicated, responsible, easy to work with, delightful people I I have have, met. worked with. Uh, The ministry kept growing. We started in the old building right there. There was a chapel there. And then we moved here. Uh, This portable was given to us. And the Spanish church started what was the high school room. They moved out to this chapel. It's now our permanent Spanish chapel. When we came here, the church was about half the size it is now. But right from the first Holly and I say, these people get it. They're positive, they're enthusiastic. Uh, Everything we suggest, they said, yes, let's do that. People volunteered, they gave, they jumped in. One of the early things we did was hire Pastor Dane as worship pastor a little over a year after I came. Yes, yes to Dane. And Susan Alexander to be our choir director. And after they worked together, yes. For what, a year or two, they came to me and they said, we'd like to do a big Christmas concert. It'll cost some money because we want to hire uh, a small professional orchestra. We said yes. 
And it was, I was amazed, like I could not anticipate that our little church in East Lodi would have this kind of quality. Well, it's just grown and grown. You know, now we have to put on three concerts. Then we had maybe 200 at the first one. Now we have 2,000. Uh, Ken Levy, who, uh, before, when he was new to our church, said, I, I took my wife to a concert in San Francisco for Christmas. We paid 50 bucks a ticket. He was hesitant to come to a church concert like, you know, these are kind of hokey. He said, this one was better than the one in San Francisco. Wow. There they are, here. Now, the church was located in East Lodi in Pine and Central, um, which was central to Lodi when it was built, but no longer. It had, had significant limitations, not enough parking, not enough classrooms, not enough offices. There was a gym, but no room to sit on the sidelines. It was so small. So we couldn't do an upward program there. Uh, the social hall was less than half the size of our current gym, which acts as a social hall. The church had a vision to relocate. And one of the conditions of my call here was, are you willing to help us relocate and raise finances to do this? I'd never done those things, but I said, yes, I'll do that. Uh, The church had some land on Lower Sacramento Road, south of Harney, uh, but they weren't that pleased with it. They thought it's it's something to start with, but but we liked something else. Well, then we saw a remarkable set of events that we could not have anticipated, we could not have orchestrated. Two of our church members, Buzz Bazunas and Matt McCarty, sitting in a coffee shop and a school board member came and said, hey, you guys do East Lodi projects. Can you find us a, a site in East Lodi for a charter school? And they said, yeah, we'll get you First Baptist Church. Well, we didn't think, we didn't have any budget in our, in our relocation for selling the old property. It was too big for an old, for a new church. It was uh, out, too out of date for a, a growing, upcoming church. And it was only on an acre and a half. It cost too much to pull down and build apartments. But through the negotiations, uh, we were able to sell it. Now, one of our deacons said, why don't we ask? We didn't want to sell the property and not have something for sure. One of the deacons said, why don't you ask? We ask the school district if they have property we can, we can uh, trade for. And I thought... That's one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. I mean, why would the school district trade good, a good land for a school site for this one and a half acre uh, piece of land in East Lodi? But you never know what God is going to do. And so he said, well, go ahead and try. Well, it turns out the school district had been holding this site for 25 years with a future middle school uh, in mind. The previous state requirement was 19 acres for middle school. They changed it. If you build two stories, you only need 13. And they said, yeah, we can trade six acres, four times as big as what we had. And we, we looked at it and we said, well, we won't have enough parking. They said, no problem. We'll do joint parking with the, the school next door. Who's ever heard of that? And we were able to uh, trade the building, get some extra cash for them, stay in our old building for two years rent-free while we planned and built this facility. It's like, wow. Yeah. 
the church had accumulated a building fund of, I don't know, maybe a million dollars over the years or uh, sold the property in Lower Sac. We had a capital campaign for another million and we took out a two and a half million dollar loan from the Bank of, of America. And I have this wonderful Lucite uh, thing to commemorate that, which I'll pass on to Glenn when I retire. We never thought this could be. And here's our groundbreaking uh, at this site. Uh, there's Holly right behind me. Uh, it, was, it was like amazing. How could these things happen? Well, while we're busy making plans for this new site, our two youth pastors, Glenn Barnes and Steve Steele, you might recognize them or, or be familiar with them, <laughs> came to me and said, Steve, we've got a... Uh, we have a dream of reaching youth who won't come to church youth programs. We want to get the old Sunset Theater, uh, that way, uh, and turn it into a teen center. Another cockamamie idea. I, I, I said, look, guys, we're right on the edge of being able to afford to, to build a new building. We cannot divert any money towards that project. But go ahead, because you never know what God might do. They found out that United Way of San Joaquin Valley had set aside $130,000 for a teen center in Lodi, go figure. They competed with three other groups. They won the grant. We had a church member who the theater fell through, but he bought the present site and then uh, rented it to us for a dollar a year. Eventually, he moved out of state and gave it to us. Steve Steele was the, the first halftime director at the teen center, halftime middle school pastor here at the church. And through the last 20 years, the 180 has grown from a teen center to uh, adding a mobile unit that goes to the parks, adding an adventure unit that goes to uh, taking them backpacking and rock climbing and kayaking. Keep in mind, these are kids uh, from limited uh, experienced families in East Lodi. Uh, many of them had never been to the mountains before. They'd never been to the beach before. Uh, many of them had never been across town to In-N-Out Burgers. Uh, and now they're getting to do all these amazing things. Uh, we added a counseling center, which kept growing. And now we have uh, contracts with Lodi Unified for counselors in every middle school and high school in the district. And this year, we're able to uh, procure a new building. Uh, now have, I think it's six offices for counselors in the new building. Amazing. We also have a community development wing of 180 after school uh, programs in three schools for help kids with schoolwork and uh, mentoring. It's just uh, over the top. Never could have anticipated that kind of thing. Well, in our new look, yeah, amen, praise God. In our new location, we immediately start growing and we start attracting younger families. Our congregation in the old site was much older uh, and we needed space for children. Well, initially we had children, uh, four children's classrooms in the gym uh, and the acoustics were awful. So we decided we really needed to get a new building, but that was going to mean more money. So we rotated all the adult classes into the gym Sunday by Sunday. And when they finished, they all said, yes, we'll, we'll, give, <laughs> we'll contribute to a new building. Just at that time, we received the two biggest estate gifts we'd ever received in the history of the church. 
and we had enough money to uh, we did a capital campaign and we had we had enough to bring it the the loan was back up to two and a half million uh, but we built this fabulous children's uh, building which is for our church ministries also our preschool well a couple of years later I had church members who came to me said can we talk after church you know that choir room slash chapel on the master plan we'd like to give eight hundred thousand dollars for that how would that be yeah Um, so amazing and they had sold some property they needed the money they said we'd like to give it for this why Acosta from our church said I'll be the general contractor with no charge saving us tens of thousands of dollars and put it all together and we have this chapel which we use all the time for all kinds of things it's just amazing Uh, you know I'm so thankful for so many things as I look back. One of those is, is the way the church has supported us in expanding our international ministry. I have a friend who's a, a pastor and he went to his church and said, I'd like to make a, a, a mission trip to this missionary in India. And they said, okay, you have vacation time and you've got your own pocketbook. That's how it's done. Our church says, no, uh, in our personnel policy, we can go uh, and be supported by the church in these kinds of things for up to three weeks every year. And 1999, I read about a, a, a ministry our denomination had in Russia uh, with a rotating Bible college, and they needed American and Canadian pastors to come for two weeks at a time and, and teach. So I said, let's do this. So I went, and then Glenn went, and Pastor Dave went uh, to teach there. Uh, we've had other remarkable partnerships around the world. Uh, Bickle Center for Christian Leadership, uh, we'll, we'll find out more about. They're part of our Advent Conspiracy Project this year. I was there, I've been there five times, Dave five times. Uh, uh, the director now is part of our church. Uh, then uh, Kelly and Eric Collins and Neil and Shelby Young went to Tanzania to visit her old youth pastor who is now a missionary in Tanzania. Uh, they had a Bible college going to train pastors they invited us to participate. We sent Pastor Dave and then, then uh, Jake McGregor. And when I debriefed Jake, Jake said, Steve, we've got to help out. The needs are so great. Pastors in that area are, are, are teaching wonky things like, like, your sins won't be forgiven unless I forgive them. And I'm not going to forgive them unless your tithing is current. I immediately saw the need for for training these pastors in Africa in a more depth, uh, in-depth and biblical uh, program. So I think God inspired me and I said to Jake, let's send two pastors a year and let's uh, use recycling cans and bottles to pay for it all. So we have done that for 10 or 12 years. Dane, you've been how many times? Three or four, he can't count, three or four. Glenn's been there four times, I've been twice. Uh, Chris Phillips, one of our elders, is going back in the fall. I think that's his third trip. Uh, Mark Bowman a couple of times. Uh, Tim has been. Another pastor is not here has been. So we've had a remarkable time. And you can participate by bringing your cans and bottles to the church office or gym at any time with the CRV on them. 
the church has also sent pastors on short-term mission trips to Russia, Ukraine, Philippines, India, Jordan, Cameroon, Mexico, the Czech Republic, uh, and others. And here, that's uh, me in Ukraine three years ago. Uh, couldn't go there now. Uh, in 2009, I read about some young pastors on the West Coast who had put together what they called the Advent Conspiracy. They said, let's conspire against the materialism of Christmas and what it's it's become. And let's challenge all of our church members to buy one less gift for your family. It's not overwhelming. And dedicate that money to a mission project. So they did clean water wells. So I, I said, this is a great idea. So I brought it to our staff and to our elders. And even though this had the potential of diverting funds uh, from our general fund income, uh, they all said, yes, let's do it. So we've been doing it every year since then, International Justice Mission, um, Lesotho, Tanzania, India, Dental Clinic in San Francisco, uh, 180 Directions Medical Clinic. Uh, we, we've raised, I think this year, we'll get up to a million dollars outside of our budget through these special gifts. Amazing! We were able, yeah. One year, we're able to uh, help Hope of the Nations build their elementary school in Tanzania, which is now the top school in the area. The, the Muslim government officials send their kids to our Christian school, which is thoroughly Christian. Um, then another year, we used Advent Conspiracy to help them build a new Bible college. Uh, a number of years ago, Lori Lewis and her mother Carol went to India and found out that their uh, kids there that have to drop out of school or can't go to school and end up in domestic servitude and what is de facto slavery the rest of their lives. And they said, "What now, why does this happen? Why can't they go to school? Well, it costs too much. The parents are very, very poor. How much does it cost? Well, I have to buy uniforms. And the fees are like $5 a month. So that, be, what, that began a program of sponsoring uh, a kid here and another one, another one, another one. It got to be too big. And so we use an Advent Conspiracy Project to build a school in India and then another Advent Project uh, to build an expansion. We now have 170 kids, mostly from Muslim and Hindu families, getting Christian education, thoroughly Christian, in English. They wanted to expand again. We've been K through, through five, wanted to expand to eighth grade. Pastor Glenn said... We don't need to do that for Advent Conspiracy. We'll just throw it out to the church. And he did that this fall. We raised more than enough money to build a third uh, section, and it's under construction right now. Uh, Visit Carol Alexander's Facebook page. You'll get pictures like every day. It's just amazing what has taken place. I could never have anticipated something like this. So the the school board are all members of our church. And the coffee bar out here, the uh, upscale coffee bar, is run by volunteers. We have uh, a couple from the church that buy all the coffee and supplies so that when you get a coffee there and make a donation, 100% of that money goes to this ministry in India. Yeah. So as I've said before, don't say, let's see, I could get this at Starbucks for four bucks. I'll give them three. Again, be generous because it's all, it's all for this school. It's amazing. 
Glenn and I talked for a number of years about developing a sports ministry in, in Lodi. Lodi's sports crazy as most places are. And we tried this and we tried that, a little bit of success, a little bit of something, but nothing much. Then Eric Larson came to our church and said, I've been running a, uh, this program called Upward Sports, a different church, and now I'm here. Do you, do you want to do this at, at First Baptist? Well, Glenn didn't even talk to me and see what I thought. He just said yes. And you know, that's a sign of success because I thought that's wonderful because we've developed that kind of trust, working relationship. He knew that he didn't even have to ask. It was a yes. We started with 240 kids the first year, and it's grown and grown and grown. This year, it's close to 1,200 kids in basketball and cheer. Not counting the soccer league, which we run, but it's, it's at Grace Point Church because they have the, the grass. Uh, we have over 200 volunteers a year from our church who, who help run upward. Uh, Aziel, who's our uh, part-time sports director, wants to expand to flag football next year. We never would have anticipated this. And every year I hear some very special stories. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll take anybody as a coach. Um, every year I hear special stories of kids who've grown in self-esteem, uh, families who are indifferent to church who said, well, this is really special. Maybe I should think again. I heard a story recently of a, of a family. They, the kid was in Upward. They found out about our lay counseling program. Uh, they were having some normal marriage things that are, that we, uh, are common to experience. They said, we need that. Came to the lay counseling, and one of them uh, opened the heart to Christ through the lay counseling. It all started with Upward. So, uh, we, yeah. I mean, I... 25 years ago, I could not have anticipated, we're going to have a sports program that's going to have 1,200 kids. We're going to partner with three or four other churches in town, and we're going to impact the whole community. You know, people have, the city leagues have had to regroup because ours are much more popular. Ours are, you're positive. Uh, we don't allow parents to yell at the coaches. Um, they, some do anyway, but we, we stop it. Uh, and it's such a positive experience. The parents love having the kids do these things. I could go on and on about many things. Our preschool, our, our partnership with Beacon Center, as I talked about. Our partnership with Juan Ibarra and, and, uh, in San Nicolas, Mexico. Steve Steele led a team there uh, just uh, this October. Steve Jordan and I were there last last January. Our expanding women's ministry and men's ministries and, and children's ministries and vibrant young adults ministry. Think of our children's ministry, which probably had like 30 kids in VBS at the old location uh, 20, 25 years ago. This, the last few years, it's been getting 300 kids. Uh, we had a trunk or treat in the old location. You know, we maybe get 100 people. I think we had a few thousand this year. It's, it's, we didn't even, it's too big to count. The line went all the way around the building, all the way back to, to there and up the side to, to get in to start the loop around the, the cars. Amazing. Well, several years ago, I thought, what are my goals for that I want to accomplish before retiring? Well, the number one is transition. Transition to, that'll be smooth, that'll leave that church in good hands. And uh, of course, Glenn Barnes was the obvious choice. He had been for years. It was like no decision. 
And hasn't he done a great job? And I don't take that for granted. Uh, many churches make a transition, they struggle through it. it didn't, the new guy didn't work out like he said he was going to, and for some it's disastrous. Some of you have even experienced that. But we've had a wonderful, very smooth transition, uh, and we're blessed. A second goal I had was to, to leave the church on a good financial basis, because we've always been told that the younger generations give less, the older generations are more heritage, and I'll keep you know, my commitments and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, which we haven't seen yet, but, you know, it might come. Uh, I wanted the church to be debt-free. I told you we had a $2.5 million loan at one time. We were making debt payments of $150,000, not in today's dollars, in, you know, in dollars 15 years ago, 20 years ago. It's all paid off now. <laughs> Amen. I wanted, to, I wanted to see if we could employ... Uh, solar technology and reduce our dependency on utility bills. And so seven years ago, we put together a, a team of people from the church who bought the 400 solar panels that are on the roof uh, and, and could take that, the, that group could take the tax right off. The church couldn't and then lease it back to the church at a lowered cost. Uh, the church hasn't paid as much for electricity during those seven years. This year, bought the system from the group for $50,000 is all planned, which is a quarter of the original cost, 400000 And from here on out, we'll save uh, $60,000 a year for the next 10 to 15 years, which will likely increase as inflation continues. Isn't that, I just, Wow. Well, I've been slowly reducing my ministry responsibilities uh, the last few years. I stepped down from senior pastor uh, uh, four and a half years ago, uh, took the title executive pastor three years ago. I was re uh, reduced to 90% salary and, and time. Uh, last year, 70%. This year, 50%. I've had a lot of people ask, how is it being retired? I said, not yet. Uh, I've gradually turned over ministry responsibilities to others, but I'm still young, uh, younger than the, than the last two presidents. Uh, uh, and I want to keep serving. And amazingly, God opened up this totally unexpected ministry in Africa, in the country of Lesotho. Lesotho is a small country there, uh, totally enclosed in South Africa. We'd had a relationship with Lesotho for years after Glenn went there and took a couple other trips with teams with World Vision. Uh, I got a letter four years ago asking me to come to Saddleback Church in Southern California to find out about their All Africa Initiative. Rick Warren, their pastor, had been invited to Rwanda to help them become a purpose-driven country. Well, the things that worked out, they worked out in Rwanda were so successful, he had six other African country heads of state say, come do that in my country too. He said, look, we're a very big church, but we're a church. I gotta have help. So we gotta recruit other churches to each take a country. So they presented this to me and Holly. Uh, 
Holly's comment at the end is, you'd have to have a good reason not to do this. We came back and brought, and, and brought it to Glenn and to the elders. They said, yes, we should do this. Glenn and I went to Rwanda three and a half years ago to find out about the program, see it in action, meet the guys from Lesotho. They had several different teams there uh, and churches to team up. We had our first big meeting in Lesotho three years ago in August. Steve Jordan and I went back in November of that year to uh, begin training. And then Holly and I went back in, in March of that year to, to continue training. You might remember March 2020 as a special time. Uh, we had to shut down early and barely escape due to the pandemic. Uh, and we couldn't do anything. We couldn't go back. International travel was canceled. Then we found out about Zoom and Zoom training. And we started doing Zoom training. And I found out if we're, if we're limited to in-person training, that's two or maybe three times a year in one place. With Zoom training, I could now do training every week in six places. We threw a, a special gift from church members. We bought laptops and Bluetooth speakers for the remote locations. Uh, this August, Holly and I went back and we had 90 pastors, 90, who had finished 12 months of training and implemented enough to be able to get a certificate. Uh, it was so exciting for us. Again, you can't anticipate these things. They talked about, we didn't really know what church was supposed to be like or our purpose and our vision was really vague. But now we've got a clear vision, we understand our purposes and we're fulfilling them. Uh, one pastor told me recently that he's organized a team around each of the five purposes that, that you know about from Purpose Driven Life book campaign earlier this year. Uh, and he says, I don't have to do as much because these teams are taking more responsibility, uh, which is just what we're telling them to do. Uh, pastor said, uh, before this training, we tended to view the people outside the church with condemnation and stay away from them, kind of like they're unclean. And we, we learned that that's not the way Jesus did. And now we love the people outside the church. We welcome them. And before we were not involved in the community, now we're doing community service projects, uh, tutoring kids who've fallen behind in education, agricultural product, projects to help people with food scarcity. One church said, we, want to, we did this community survey as part of the training. We saw youth who, uh, 40% employment with youth. Uh, we wanted to help them get out of lives of crime and sex trafficking, which they were doing to make money. And so we started a skills development center. And we're teaching them skills of like carpentry and, and uh, carpet making and how to make uh, and sell uh, detergent and soaps and other things like that. Uh, we've Food scarcity is a huge pro a problem. We came up with an idea of agricultural projects, and we have about 300 churches doing agricultural projects now. We came up with another idea of, of raising chickens, and we've got three uh, egg hatching centers now, and they, they hatch the eggs, they give them to churches to raise, the churches give back eggs to uh, multiply and go to a new church uh, in a few months, and it's expanding and expanding. It's just like I could never have thought about this kind of stuff. 
Well, I could go on and on. I wish I had three hours instead of 30 minutes. But before I finish, I need to give a shout out to my wife, who has been... Not, on, not only supportive to me as a pastor, but she's been a ministry partner. Holly started women's Bible studies of this church uh, years ago. She wrote studies, she taught lessons, she recruited uh, discussion leaders and ran that for a number of years. She started mom-to-mom ministry. Uh, she again recruited le- uh, discussion leaders and trained them and, and ran that for a number of years before turning it over to, to other people. She started uh, an annual Day of Inspiration, a one, one day on Saturday event. Uh, when that kind of ran its course, she started the If Gathering here and ran that for a few years. She and I together have done a marriage mentoring project here at church. We recruited couples and trained them to help mentor people in, in pre-marriage counseling and marriage, marriage counseling. Uh, together we have taught uh, classes on, on marriage and and we did a series on victory in the fourth quarter of life, which was mostly to help us out as we were aging and experiencing that. Uh, she has, has joined me on mission trips around the world, and, and she is gifted as a, as a Bible teacher. Also, she's a nurse and uh, done health education, uh, and we've done, she's done marriage uh, seminars with me in in Russia, India, Singapore, the Philippines. This is Holly in the Philippines with 200 women. Uh, Cameroon, Tanzania, Lesotho, uh, and Jordan. This is one-on-one with a woman in Jordan. Uh, Holly is trained as a lactation consultant. This woman is trained as a, veteran, uh, a veterinarian, and she's had the job of counseling Syrian and Iraqi refugees and breastfeeding problems. So Holly's done Zoom Zoom training of Maha so she can help these refugees. Uh, it's been amazing. So amazing wife, amazing partner. So what lies ahead? Well, we're not moving. Uh, we're going to stay where we are in our home. We're going to still be part of this church. Um, we're still going to find the ways that God wants us to serve. I'll continue to head up the ministry in Lesotho. Uh, eventually, Pastor Glenn will take it over uh, sometime. Uh, Steve Jordan and I will continue with our weekly Zoom training with our team in Mexico. Uh, I'm ser- continue serving on the 180 board and, and helping with the uh, after-school homework club at Woodbridge Elementary. And there'll be other things, I'm sure. Shall I retire from a job? Not from service to the Lord. So... Steve Steele likes to ask, so what? <laughs> well, I hope, first of all, you'll be encouraged. Many of you don't, never heard these things before. You don't go back long enough uh, in history. And hopefully you'll join us in thankfulness of what God has done over these last 25 years and in anticipation of even more things in the future. And I hope you'll be encouraged in your own life. As God has done immeasurably more than we could ask or think, he can do that in your life as well. So back to our scripture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than 
all we ask and think or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all the generations forever and ever. Amen. God's done it before. He's done this seemingly impossible and he can do it again. God bless you and thank you. Let's pray. You guys have been such a great congregation these 25 years. It's been a delight for Holly and me to to be here and serve among you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this church and for bringing me here, bringing us here to be part of this and to be part of the amazing things you've done uh, through the years. Uh, We rejoice in you. And we pray that you would continue to do amazing things with First Baptist. We pray that you would do great things in our lives. Each one who's here, encourage them that you're still the God of the impossible who can work in and through them as well. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.